All right, guys. So I imagine, Evan, at least you saw this week, and I guess actually today, the day that we're recording this, the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, have announced their new City Connect uniform. A lot going on in it, but it's pretty pretty slick. Yeah, see, I like it because it's it brings in a lot of like historical elements and um, where I work at UTA, we have a lot of pictures of these old baseball teams, the Fort Worth Panthers slash cats, the Dallas Eagles, the DFW Spurs. And they kind of, they kind of stuck all that in a blender and put it on a Jersey. So I, I like it, but that's just me. Well, if you're really going for historicity here, you should put the JFK assassination on it instead. <laughs> all right. So we got that one out of the way. What about a Rustin one? Let's say we want to have tech make a city connect Jersey. What should they do? Well, they, they did. But they mashed it together with the America one. Uh, uh, yeah. And so that's fine. One, Whatever. But let's just say Rustin specific. One, so the baseline for Pages. what we got is a script Rustin on a black jersey. And then it's American flag themed colors for the Rustin script. And then there's like an outline of the city limits on the back, which is cool. I like I like everything except the fact that they tried to make it patriotic, too, which is just like do that on a day. Jersey, I don't get it, but it's a hat uh, on a hat so on our hat. How could we improve on that? Peaches. Yes. Yes, I'm. I'm with you there. We got to do peaches. No, no, no. I, okay. I Instead of a state team, just a peach on the hat. No, 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 no. I don't think you guys understand. I, uh, I'm not saying the actual fruit peach. I'm alluding to the emoji peach reference. Uh, okay. I'm saying we should resurrect the trumpet section calendar. Oh God! From no. the BOP. Please. No, cut it now. <laughs> Get out. This can't be recorded for posterity. From, from ten to twelve years ago, <laughs> podcast immediately gets an explicit rating, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody was happy. Um, Might yeah, need to get some waivers signed. What if you just? Put a peach and had like the tea coming out of it, like a, <laughs> or a fake tea. A pe- oh, peach tea. That uh, works. Oh, hey. Yeah, that's oh, something. Yeah. I was thinking just two. You basically have a white top, a white pant, and then just a peach emoji on each butt cheek on the back. <laughs> that's fantastic. Sexually lewd, crude, and totally unmarketable. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. I do like that idea, though. <laughs> the peach with a state tea coming out peach. of a peach ass <laughs> <laughs> everyone and welcome to the go tech please don't die podcast a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not die i'm nathan i'm evan i'm matt and this week we got swept by ull and ulm and a two game or no, one didn't. game each and then we I swept fiu I, I believe you on that one but i don't believe you on the first one uh so it didn't happen right we did record between the two games this past okay? week so we can pretend like the ULL game was last week, and I have to talk about it at all, which is my plan personally. Is that all it all it takes to make something happen? Just yeah, so when they, they tell you to be the change you want to be in the world, be the change <laughs> you want to see in the world, and so that's the change I want to see. Oh yes, yes, yeah. That is how it works. Yeah, a long week for the Bulldogs, if only because five games in seven days, and uh, that started off not too well with a loss to ULL. That again we talked about last week. We'll jump into the game in Ruston against ULM in a second, but I don't know. It feels much better. To talk about that loss after sweeping FIU, even though FIU is not a great team. Yeah, I mean, definitely winning, you know, getting three wins. <laughs> also, look at the conference standings. Do you know what place we're in right now? I don't. Uh, 
I yeah. would assume like bottom three, but I'm sure it's not that bad. So there's 11 teams, right? Because North Texas doesn't have a team. If you had to guess what place Louisiana Tech baseball is in right now in Conference USA play, what would you say? Like eleven. We are third. Oh, well, I was. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm ashamed. Yeah. Third place. I mean, we have done horrendously in midweeks, but not too bad on the weekend. Well, everybody's working for the weekend. That is true. Everybody wants also, a new I romance. Say, I said, what would you say a moment ago? And I just can't let that pass by. So, uh, you know, Dave Matthews band reference, obviously, uh, unintentionally That's there. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> not only did I explain my reference, I stopped the show 45 seconds later to explain yes. the reference. So let's get this out of the way. Let's talk about the ULM game. And we'll start with the good news here. Here's a list for you. Item number one, Ethan Bates hit a grand slam. Cool. End of list. That was about the only thing that went well for the Bulldogs on Wednesday night. I was wondering where that was going. Yeah, bad news. Just list a few, and there are more that I have not listed out here. ULM batted around in the fifth inning. Oh, my God. In that inning, nine straight Warhawks reached base. Uh. Tech used 10 pitchers in a nine-inning game during a five-game week. And ULM outhit Tech eight to six and mm-hmm. go on to outscore the Bulldogs and win eight to five. Well, that's better. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not good. Here's the list of pitchers: Raleigh Hector, Tanner Knight, Caden Copeland, Isaac. Kre- Wait, it's just the whole team. Never mind. I'm gonna stop. I, I'm on that. Where, I don't remember going in. I'm on this list. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, not really, but. To bring out the other side of this, ULM used nine pitchers, but they threw a pitcher per inning. So it wasn't a, a player getting pulled because they were doing poorly. But Tex, there was a lot of struggle in that lineup. Yeah, this just wasn't fun. And I think it wasn't fun to be around in general. I was seeing things on Twitter and elsewhere. Lane Burroughs got heated in this game at his yeah. team. Yeah, I mean, well, pretty pretty bad. Good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd hate for him to just be like, just quiet and be like, this is okay to get swept by ULM in a two game midweek, you know, cross season thing, <laughs> right? Like it, it, we showed barely any fight, you know, the pitching was horrendous. I mean, yeah. I, I noticed yeah. that he stopped going out to pull pitchers. I think it was just, he wasn't going to be able to, uh, you know, maybe he already got his steps in that day, you know, from going out there so often, but he, he stopped going out to the mound to relieve the pitcher. And it was like a, you know, it's, it seemed like he was trying to give the team a wake up call and say like, is this how y'all want to? Is this how y'all want this to go down? You wanna you wanna be the team that loses twice to ULM or, you know, and it seemed to work. The weekend went pretty well, but yeah, uh, and the Grand Slam came after all that too. Yeah. Too little, too late, or whatever. But hopefully, that's we can point back to this as being a turning point. Like you said, we're third, or depending on I guess what standing things you look at, fourth in the conference in terms of standings right now. And once we get down to Houston for the conference tournament, you never know if this team is really good at the end of the year, that changes how our end of the year could go. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad to see someone yelling because this team has felt like it just doesn't have it doesn't have the spark, doesn't have the will. And that's easy for me to say sitting at my computer, talking to a microphone, but (laughs) It was nice to get to this weekend and see them really just play some ball. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a good team sweeps a bad team, right? And sweeping is hard to do. Even at home against a bad team, it's hard to do. But 
if you want to be one of the best teams in this conference, you need to go out and you need to sweep a bad team like FIU at home, right? And so going into this weekend, I mean, it, it feels crazy after the Tuesday and Wednesday that we had, but it was really like, and Lane Burroughs said this after the Sunday game, like this was, these were must-win games, you know? And you hate to put so much pressure on one game or one series, but like, you know, if, if you split this series or if you go two and one even, you're still looking at being in, you know, being uh, under 500 for the season. Right now we're at 19 and 18, so not great. But like I said, in conference, it looks like, like we are fourth place. I guess Charlotte hasn't played a, a game, must have gotten canceled or something. They're nine and five, we're nine and six. So we'd be a half game behind them. But anyway, it really felt like, you know, the challenge was go out and prove that this is this is a good team by taking care of business against a bad team. And to do that, they had to get started on Friday, Friday night in Ruston, where the Panthers get a run early, but three straight singles gives Tech an early 2-1 to one lead. The Bulldogs add a couple more in the third, thanks to another single, then a Brody Drost triple and eventual score. The bottom of the fifth gave the Bulldogs a bit of everything. Two walks, a hit by pitch, a fielder's choice, a single, and a double. And Tech's lead is now 7-1, to one, but that inning, the fifth inning, would be the last inning where Tech reached base in this game. Jonathan Fincher, who had only allowed two hits through five, gave up two home runs in the sixth, make it a seven to four ball game before Landon Tompkins comes out, pitches a one, two, three, seventh inning, a one, two, three, eighth inning, allows a couple doubles in the ninth, but closes the door and picks up the save and Tech's seven to five victory on Friday night. Yep. Got the job done. I mean, got kind of close to blowing it late, but yeah, I didn't realize we didn't have a base run. You said any base runners after the fifth inning? That's What I wrote down, I will double check that. That's disheartening. (laughs) Yes, the sixth we went. Yeah, three up, three down, sixth, seventh, and eighth. We didn't play the ninth because we were winning, so it's not quite as bad as it sounds at first, but still pretty bad. Yeah, it's not great. But we won the game, and that's what matters. Yeah, and it was really interesting to watch that sixth inning with Fincher because he had been pretty dominant up to that point from what I recall. So, you know, not really sure what happened there. I don't think he's allowed very many home runs at all this year, but you know, they got a hold of some and uh, God, what was that guy's name for, for FIU that uh, hit, he hit a home run in each game. I think <laughs> this guy just had our number this week. Uh, that was Rosario. Rosario was our leadoff guy and he had a home run in this one. Yeah. He, uh, that guy, that guy came to play. <laughs> yeah, Sanchez actually had another home run on Friday. The other one that we're talking about and also one on Sunday. I don't think Rosario homered another time this series. I thought somebody had one in all three games, but I guess uh, I guess I'm. Where is FIU stats and info? I need. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, oh, I didn't look far enough over. I forgot it was an eleven inning game. Yeah, Sanchez hit a home run in each of the games, including one ah. in the ninth on Saturday. Oof. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about that Saturday game. Yeah, I mean, this one was really interesting because it's low scoring, right? It's kind of. You know, Greg Martinez has a one hitter going through the first five innings, um, but, you know, the Bulldog bats were quiet as well. So that's a little frustrating. But FIU puts together a string of hits in uh, the sixth to push a run across. And then it's still one to nothing in the bottom of the eighth. And you're like, does this team have any fight? Um, You know, they haven't at times this season. But Logan McLeod opens the inning with a single gets to second due to an error and then Dalton Davis hits a single uh, to drive him home. So it ties the ball game in the bottom of the eighth. 
And then you're like, okay, Ethan Bates is on the mound. Great. We're going to have a chance to walk it off in the bottom of the ninth. Well, no, not so fast. The Panthers get a solo shot to take the lead two to one. From Sanchez, <laughs> like we mentioned a second ago. Yeah, yeah Sanchez, the, the bulldog killer, apparently. <laughs> you know, so FIU's now all of a sudden in the position where they can tie this series up with just three outs. But Ethan Bates starts out the bottom of the ninth by getting on via an error. Then he gets bunted over successfully by Myers. Colton Hegwood then comes in uh, sort of in a pinch hitting situation. He's or, or I guess he came in because Bates went to the mound, right? That's how that works. I believe so. Yeah. With the double switch situation. So Hegwood's yeah. in the game. First at bat of the series. I think only at bat of the series. He gets a single drives him home, gets that RBI but he gets thrown out trying to stretch his single into a double and then Will Safford strikes out. So it's time for extras in the extra innings an error in the top of the 10th puts a Panther on base, but Ethan Bates, who's now pitching, like we said a second ago, is able to work around it. Tech gets two men on in their half of the 10th, but Brody Dross gets picked off at second oh. base to end the inning. It was so <laughs> bad. Did y'all see that? I yes, did not. actually. I did. Oh man. So basically He's at second and we're looking at the center field camera on CUSA.TV and the pitcher like turns to pick him off. And he just took like the biggest <laughs> lead that I've ever oh. seen and yeah. like then kind of stumbled because it was like a freeze. It was like a freeze frame, right? It was like record threat. How did <laughs> I you're wondering how I got here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, uh, and he tries to take off for third, but the guy just goes and like jabs him on the butt with the, with the ball. <laughs> yeah, it was, it yeah, could it have was been un- a peach, butt if we had planned this out ahead of time, it could have, yes. been, but indeed. Yeah. Let's go to the 11th though, because a clean frame from Ethan Bates in the 11th, Puts Tech back in walk-off territory, where on the second pitch and the bottom of the 11th, Philip Matulia places one in the kennel to give Tech the walk-off victory and the series against FIU with a 3-2 to two win. Nice. Yeah. Phil smashed the shit out of that ball, man. <laughs> it was it was a no-doubter off the bat. You know, love to see it. I think that's his 13th home run of the year, if I'm remembering right. Yes, I think that's right. I actually looked that up earlier for for something yeah, we'll get so, to in a second. My biggest thing about that, though, is until that home run by Matulia, FIU hadn't given up an earned run all game. The other two runs that Tech scored were both oh, off of errors. Oh, so wow. nice. whether that's a you can spin this in a good way or a bad way, you can say it's bad because Tech struggled to hit the ball so much that the only way they were able to score any runs and even put Philip in a position to be able to walk it off in the 11th is by either luck or FIU incompetence. But the other side of the coin is they found a way to win. They found a way to stay in this game and take advantage of errors and take advantage of mistakes. And sometimes you have bad nights, but if you can take advantage of your opponent's mistakes when you're having a bad time and still win, then that's sign of good things to come. That's a lot of mental gymnastics. That's mental uh, gymnastics either way. Eh. I got a, got a headache. <laughs> That's why you should always mentally stretch before you do mental gymnastics. Thank you. <sighs> anyway, there was a game on Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Bulldogs started this one out. Uh, they they finally seemed to come ready to play on a Sunday. It was an early game too, 11 a.m. start time. They played it a run in each of the first five innings going up 10 to three. The bats cooled off drastically after that, though, with Tech hitting only a couple singles across the 6th, 7th, and 8th. FIU made it a little more interesting with a two-run homer in the 7th. 
Uh, but that was all the scoring that they could muster too. And the final is 10 to five tech completes the sweep over FIU. Nice. Yeah. One note about, I guess this series as a whole, we had talked last week about Angel Tuberco, uh, their, their Sunday guy who has started several of their past Sunday games and given them wins over some pretty good teams playing against usually their third best starter. They moved him up to Friday and we hit off of him pretty well on Friday. We, again, we won that game. We won all the games. We scored seven runs on eight hits off of Tuberco. I think they just messed up their whole thing by not throwing him on Sunday. Yeah, it's some kind of Sunday mojo, I guess, for this guy, but didn't work on Friday, thankfully. Yeah, that said, though, FIU still actually outhit Tech in the Sunday game 13 to 10, uh, but they were never able to put together an inning with more than two hits. So that's really what kind of doomed them. Uh, between the second and seventh inning, FIU had at least had at least one hit each inning. Yeah, and I mean, as much as we as much as we heap praise on Jonathan Fincher, you know, I really thought that the story of this weekend to me is the starting pitching on Saturday and Sunday for us. Greg Martinez goes six and a third, only giving up four hits and one run. Uh, just walking two. I think the pitching staff as a whole only walked like. I want to say five batters walked or hit by pitch the whole weekend, maybe something, something like that. I saw, you know, and then on Sunday, Alex Sparks, he started out kind of rough, right? I mean, it, we walked a couple in the first inning. He was having some control issues. He only goes three and two thirds, but gives up five hits and just two runs. And the bats were so explosive on Sunday that, you know, that was what we needed from him. Yeah. And you're right. It was five uh, total uh, walks and hit by pitches, three walks and two HBPs in total from the tech pitching staff on the weekend. Uh, two of them came from Greg Martinez on that Saturday start. He also hit two batters. So four of the five came from Martinez wow. and the other was a walk off Alex Sparks. So the two guys you just shouted out were the only people to to walk anybody on the weekend. But the pitcher I want to shout out, and I, I guess we're kind of easing our way into players of the yeah. week territory is Landon Tompkins. Well, who has had good boy. times and bad times, but boy, was this weekend good for him. Well, oh, yeah. you know, I've had my share. <laughs> yeah, pitches good both time, on <laughs> Friday and Sunday in this series. In the Friday game, he comes in uh, when Jonathan Fincher had really started to struggle and, and performs the three-inning save, only giving up one earned run there and four strikeouts. Then on Sunday, I mean, Tech had a much bigger lead but he still pitches the final two frames, gives up two hits, but no runs and strikes out five of five of the six batters he faces. Sorry, five of the six outs he gets at least were strikeouts. Landon Tompkins has been hot and cold all year long. But yes, he was, then you're no. Yeah, that one's Katy Perry. I know that one. <laughs> yes. Good job. Thanks. Yes, you're wrong when you're right. It's black when it's white. I assume Katy Perry is not the pitcher of the week that you kind of want to name, Matt. No. No, I think uh, I think it's got to. I mean, we're talking about Landon, aren't we? How great he was! And, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, is this even really a competition? <laughs> that's I guess that's I fair. That's what I would take. That's what I'm taking. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go different from you guys. I'll give it to um, to Greg Martinez. I mean, to go six and a third when you know he's been pretty shaky this year, but he has settled in of late. And we really need at least two solid weekend starters, right? I mean, ideally we'd have three, but um, Sparks Sparks is looking pretty good the last two weekends too. So if Greg Martinez can have another performance like this, this upcoming weekend against DBU, like, 
look out. We might make some noise here at the end of conference play. Uh, six and a third, four hits allowed, one earned run. Um, just three strikeouts, but, you know, just throwing strikes, man. Not, you know. Inexplicably wins the conference. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I mean, we've got, we, we still have to play all of the top teams. So if we hit our stride here, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. It feels crazy, but let's fuck around. Can't wait, to, can't wait to listen to good times, bad times on the way to Omaha. Hell yeah. Just on loop the entire time. <laughs> yeah. In the third hour, I know every cadence. For hitters of the week, or at least of the weekend, if we want to just, again, choose to ignore the, the two midweek games against insane opponents. Evan, do you have a, a player of the week? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with Logan McLeod. I mean, for a guy who is like supposed to be the worst hitter on the team going into the season, he's worked his way into the leadoff spot and he's becoming, you know, pretty dependable. He had an OPS of uh, 1200 this week, or I think that's what that says, maybe 1238. Um, you know, but he's, he's getting walks. He's getting, he's getting timely hits. He's been hit by pitches. Let's see twice this weekend. He's got a double two, two singles and a triple this week. So, you know, working on the cycle there across the weekend, but, um, that's a real skill right there. Getting hit by a pitch. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Hey, our teams (laughs) always get hit. Like coach Burroughs teams always get hit more than other teams. I don't understand it, but Whatever, whatever it's all the magnets we put in our uniforms. Ah, that's probably that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go McLeod this week. And Matt, do you have somebody? Uh, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. For me, he didn't have a good third game, but otherwise hit really, really well. Uh, Bertie Drost, Drost, however you want to pronounce his name, had a pretty good series. He didn't really do much in the last game, but the first two games, I thought he was making yeah. pretty damn good contact. Yeah, it's nice to see too for for him because he's struggled, I think, a lot more than uh, than he expected, than we expected him to. But yeah, he goes two for four on Friday, two for four with a walk as well on um, on Saturday. Which that's been my issue with him is like it feels like he will take the first strike, then swing wildly at the second pitch, no matter what it is, and then he's in an O two hole. But like to see him pick up that walk, I, I thought you know it's just a walk, right? It's just a really good plate appearance. Right. And that's good to see from him. Um, and then, yeah, over five on Sunday, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. No, yeah we well, need the, him anyway. The guy I'm picking didn't even play on Sunday. Uh, the highest OPS on the team oh, had on. one plate appearance. Here's the thing. Okay. Yes. It's, it's Colton Hedgewood. He had a single on the Saturday game. It's important though. It's probably the most clutch at bat that happened. The ignore the OPS, ignore the advanced stats. Tech is down in the bottom of the ninth inning and the only game that was close enough to come down to the bottom of the ninth inning. A player is aboard via an error and he hits a single yeah. to keep the game I'm, going. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a timely hit. I wish he wouldn't have gotten thrown out, but I guess it's better to get thrown out that way than the way Drost was <laughs> thrown out. Uh, later that game. Imagine just picking a guy because of one plate appearance. <laughs> Hey, he's Ima- a imagine not. Yeah. Hey, let's ask Nathan who is who the player of the World Series in 2019 was. Michael Taylor for one plate appearance and one home run hit. Um, excuse me, his name is Michael A. Taylor. Ah, uh, yes, he is A. Taylor, not just a Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. He's Michael A. Taylor. A Taylor. Yeah. He came to the world. He came to the Royals and he did. was meh. And now he's on yeah. I think, the White Sox. Where is Michael or A. Taylor? The, are the Guardians? Uh, yeah. I would also like to give a shout out to George Corona uh, for this week. He all, he was a 
triple shy of the cycle on Sunday, batted 411 at the plate and 1250 OPS across the whole weekend. Really good stuff from Corona. Obviously, he's uh, he's like great. So we don't often shout him out when he has a great weekend, but he had a great weekend. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of fun to watch which players step up in which weeks. And and George Corona has been a defensive mastermind behind the plate, throwing guys out, pitch framing it, the whole nine yards. But I guess that's nine yards is not a baseball thing. But for his bat to come alive this past weekend was also really great to see. Hopefully that bat continues to stay hot this week and this upcoming weekend, especially because Tech has some dangerous opponents they're facing this weekend. A midweek game on Tuesday against Southern Miss, and then we travel to Dallas Baptist to rematch the Patriots after only winning one of three games at the Love Shack against DBU. Let's talk about Southern Miss first. We'll actually play them this week and next week. This week is the Tuesday game in Ruston. Next week is Wednesday in Hattiesburg. The Golden Eagles are number 15 in RPI with a 22-12 and record on the year so far. Coming off a three-game sweep of James Madison that inspired a really dumb tweet. Uh, they also swept DBU, the team that we're playing later in the week, and that, again, we were only to take one of three games from at the Love Shack. Yeah. Uh, fuck Southern Miss. Um, of course. The, the dumb I tweet. Even I wasn't even bothered by that tweet. I thought I... I wasn't bothered by it. I just thought it was dumb. I mean, a lot of stuff we do is dumb. Yeah, but we're not an yeah, official We're not the account. official account. We should be. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to do dumb stuff. We have. A, what are you talking about? That is our milieu. Exactly. No, we're, we're intentionally a, dumb. There, yeah. That's lame. Is what official accounts okay, have to there do. There it is, Nathan. That's that's the good word for it. It is indeed lame. Anyway, what are we talking about here? They they tweeted like Verena Davis. Madison is a founding father, but Slade Wilkes is their daddy or something. I don't know. <laughs> it, it just it, to me, it read like a like a bad like barstool account tweet. It's not that it was wrong. I just don't think it's that funny either. So I don't know. Anyway, Southern Miss as a team, not super scary with a bat in their hands, currently rank in the bottom six and the Sunbelt in average on base percentage and slugging. Uh, but really it's the arms that are a bit more frightening. A 4.63 team ERA. That's the 51st best in college baseball. They allow just under eight hits per game. That's 30th best. And the NCAA and a 1.37 whip walks and hits per innings pitched. That's 41st best in Division One baseball. Wow, got a good team this year. Yeah. Well, again, so the it's not like they don't have any hitters, but as as a team, their arms are much more impressive than their bats. Huh. Luckily, though, we're not playing a weekend series against them, so we'll avoid their Friday night guy in Tanner Hall, who is by ERA the 27th best pitcher in college baseball with a 2.29. ERA on the year. Yeah, that guy's wow. good. Yeah. Uh, one guy will probably face, though, he's pitched in the last few uh, midweek games, either starting Dickerson? or coming out of the bullpen. What? Is it Dickerson? It's not Dickerson. Oh, We might still see him, but Will Armistead is this guy. Uh, has an ERA and whip better than Tanner Hall, actually, on the year, but has fewer appearances and fewer innings pitched, so he doesn't qualify for those rankings. But that's still a scary name to come and, and have to face. Hitting-wise, Slade Wilkes, the the guy from the daddy tweet, is Southern Miss's best hitter with an OPS of 1.204 and has one more home run than Philip Matulia on the year, which is impressive if you've kept up. Uh, also, last guy I want to name here, Dustin Dickerson. He is still on the team, and his 0.924 OPS is pretty impressive. Like, honestly, pretty impressive. Most notably, though, he's great at avoiding strikeouts. He's the 10th best 
and the NCAA at the having the lowest K rate. And that might explain why he couldn't strike out any tech bats a year ago. Ah. He just avoids the strikeout. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, let's see. So in here's their midweek game uh, history this year. They started the season 12 and 0 over UNO uh, back in February, lost 10 to 9 to Mississippi State, lost 11 to 5 to Ole Miss, beat Southeastern 8 to 1, lost to UNO um, 6 to 3. They had a weird midweek game that Ole Miss decided the field was not ready to play or whatever. <laughs> so sounds familiar. Uh, so that one's a no contest. Then they beat Southeastern uh, two weeks ago, 10 to 6. And then lost to Alabama last week, 13 to zero. So they're kind of hot and cold on midweeks. And, you know, unfortunately, it seems like last week they were cold. So maybe maybe they'll be hot this week. I don't know. Right. Yeah. To kind of predict this one, Warren Nolan's RPI predictor thinks that Southern Miss will win this game by a final of six to one. And Massey yeah. gives Tech a 40% chance to win this game in a much closer contest, six to five. It's also worth noting RPI wise, like I said earlier, Southern Miss is 15th, but Massey has them down at 40th. So that kind of explains the discrepancy between their final score predictions. But what do we think? Do we really think that the yelling in the dugout on Wednesday night and the sweep over FIU has turned this team around for no. Louisiana Tech? Or do we think that the better team on paper wins the game? Uh, I don't think Tech's going to win any of these games. Ooh. We haven't even talked about Dallas Baptist yet. And you're already writing them off? No, it's over. Uh... I think we got a chance against Southern Miss. It's at home. There's enough, you know, we're just one year removed from them being in our conference. So it's not like them not being in our conference makes us, makes our guys like not get juiced up to play them. You know, like that everyone on the team either knows from personal experience, like what it's like to play these guys or has heard from their entire team. Right. So the newcomers are going to be well-versed and like, Oh yeah, we hate Southern Miss. I don't know. I think we, I think we got a shot. I think, uh, Ooh, man, we did pitch 10 pitchers in nine innings against ULM, though. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, we're, we're going to do it. We got Southern Miss. We're going to be Here's the thing. You're right, but you're wrong about the week. We won the conference championship on their field. We're going to get some Pete Taylor Park magic in a week, but we're going to lose this week. I think we still have some stuff to figure out, and hopefully we're able oh, to figure yeah, it out against Dallas Baptist. We have a lot of stuff to figure out. I'm oh, with yeah. you there. I don't think the pieces come together on Tuesday night, but I think they will next Wednesday. But between those games, we have a three-game series against Dallas Baptist in Dallas, not Baptist, Texas. Well, I guess Texas is pretty Baptist, but it's not officially in the name of the city or state. Friday at 6.30 p.m., Saturday at 2 p.m., and Sunday at 1 p.m., streaming on not Kusa TV, but the Patriot Network, which I guess is whatever Fox News is doing now. Um, The Patriots are... Our 8-0 since last playing Tech, sweeping UAB and FAU, and also defeating Baylor and Sam Houston State across those eight games. Probably won't spend too long previewing here because we just played them, you know, like two weeks ago, but they've gone on a tear. We provided them their last loss with the Friday night matchup on the 31st of March. I think they've won 10 straight games because they beat us Saturday and Sunday, right? True, yeah. Yeah, I'll be going to uh, all three of these games, so I don't have to know what the Patriot Network is, but I'm looking it up. Anyway, so that we can tell, we can try to tell people. Um, um, it looks like it's just a free website called patriotbroadcastingnetwork.com. Dot gov. Dot com. Dot gov. Yes. Um, dot freedom. Uh, it, so it's a free it stream. Like you'll be able to stream it for free. Yeah, but if you're going out to the park, say hi. I'll bring stickers and, uh, you know, I'll definitely be at the 
Friday and Saturday, the Rangers are giving away a free light blue hoodie on Sunday at the same time. So I may be enticed to go to that instead. But either way, I'm watching a lot of baseball this weekend. Baseball. It's a great sport. Watch as much yeah. baseball as possible. So what do the what do the computers think, Nathan? Yeah, for this game, Ken Palm's RPI score predictor. Um, Warren Nolan's RPI score predictor. I was trying to combine. I guess I combined the two things when I was waiting for a page to load. Think that the Patriots will shut out the Bulldogs with an eight to nothing win on Friday, a 10, four win on Saturday, and they continue and sweep Louisiana tech with an eight, three victory on Sunday. So they have wow. tech losing all three games. Massey, which again, does not differentiate between the Saturday, Sunday, and Friday to go out of order games. Gives Tech a 35% chance to win each game and predict a final of six to five, the same as the Southern Miss game for those three games. So both of these polls are predicting Tech to lose every game this week. So last time, and I'm I'm going to look and see if their Friday starter is still the same guy, but last, last time we faced off with DBU, we got eight hits and four, uh, four runs off of their starter. He did strike out nine guys, but... Eight hits, four runs, and five innings pitched. So, and Fincher Fincher gave up five hits and two runs and six innings pitched. So I don't know, man. I, eight to nothing seems unfair based on uh, based on. I know they've won ten straight games, but the last time they lost was against Fincher. So I feel pretty confident about Friday. Even Saturday, we held a lead in that game, up five to one at the end of the third, and and held that lead until the sixth, and really it was the ninth inning that made that game a blowout. And a fourteen to seven Patriot victory. Oh, yeah, they had like four runs, six runs. Yeah, five run ninth. Well, uh, and then had scored at least one run between the third and the seventh in each inning. Yeah, I mean that that Friday pitcher is good. Ryan Johnson. He's um, you know, when he's not directing movies, he's got a two point eight six ERA, point eight three WHIP. I mean, he's he's really good. But we were able to light him up for whatever reason. Oh yeah, and then Braxton Brack. God damn it. <laughs> oh man. All right. Get ready, Twitter. <laughs> we get a second chance to make Braxton Bragg jokes. Well, here's the thing. Right before that last Friday game, Ryan Johnson, the director, released Poker Face. So maybe we're just able to read the face of the pitcher, Ryan Johnson, <laughs> oh, and understand man. what he's about to throw. He's tipping his pitches. Incredibly disappointed. Ryan Johnson is still the Friday guy, for sure. Okay. Are you still disappointed, Matt? I feel like yes, really. you can't be disappointed anymore. You just have to expect it. More like accept it. Okay. I'll, I'll accept that. That's... That's good enough. Yeah, last weekend, Johnson went uh, six innings, giving up three hits, no runs, and six strikeouts um, against Florida Atlantic. They swept FAU, obviously. FAU, not a bad team, so I don't know. They are hot, but I, I think we'll win the Friday game. Um, and with uh, with Martinez, uh, we were able to light up Braxton Bragg, too, right? I, I was making jokes about it on Twitter. So Yeah, six uh, runs on eight hits over four and two-thirds. Yeah, so, I mean, with... With Martinez looking a lot better the last two outings he's had, you know, against worse teams than DBU, but still, I think we got a shot to win this series. So I'll say, um, shit, I'm somehow I'm picking three and one this week. I'll say we'll drop the Sunday game. Yeah, I think we get one of these games in Dallas. I, again, I think that we Probably lose the, the Southern Miss game. So I think this is a one and three week. I'm not really sure which of those three games. I, it's going to be hard to face Ryan Johnson and Braxton Bragg again and have them after getting kind of shocked a bit, get to have this rematch and and try to live back up to the records they've held so far this year. So 
Yeah, I think maybe we win the Sunday game and kind of a total reversal from earlier in the season where we had yet to win a Sunday game until this FIU game. If you exclude Northwestern, that wasn't even really technically a baseball team at that point. I wonder how they're doing. How who's doing? How Northwestern is doing. They're oh, five I and checked, twenty-five. I checked ah. a couple of weeks ago and they were like three and nineteen. So I guess they've they've turned a corner here. They've they're like two and six in their last few games. Yeah, they have two wins in the month of April, so I'm proud of them for that. No, three wins. Even more proud. Anyway, yeah, uh, Matt, you think we're losing all three games? No, I don't think so. We'll probably eke one out. Ideally, you'd like to win all of them, but I'm going to go ahead and say they'll probably take two out of three. Ooh, I'm with you. All right, so yeah, that's baseball for this week, but the Bulldogs weren't the only team to get a sweep on the week. The softball team... Also got three wins over the weekend against UTSA. Yeah. Actually held them scoreless. A total across three games, five to nothing. If you just kind of consolidate the three games into one. Yeah, not the best weekend for our bats, but, um, you know, the textures really needed this too. They've been on a little bit of a a rough stretch um, in the month of April. And, you know, a one to nothing win on uh, Friday in... Yeah, in seven innings, they get a, a clutch hit there in the uh, bottom of the sixth. Then a three to nothing win on Saturday and a one to nothing extra innings walk off sacrifice fly ends the sweep on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kylie Neal on a nine game hitting streak right now. So, you know, they might be getting hot here at the right time as well. Let's see. Bailey Wright got a leadoff single in the bottom of the 10th. Then Sierra Sacco moved her over with a sack bunt. And Amanda Gonzalez singled through uh, the left side to advance her over to third. And then Gonzalez um, gets to second on a on an error by the left fielder. And then Kylie Neal, who I just mentioned is on a nine-game hit streak, delivers the sack fly to center field, allowing Bailey Wright to score and, uh, you know, completes the sweep. Yeah. UTSA, though, was a pretty bad team. They're now 7-32 on the year, number 228. Yeah, luckily, though, Tech plays another bad team this week, although it's on the road at UTEP. The Miners are number 201 in Massey ratings with a record of 11-25. Tech is predicted to win these games, uh, 78% chance to win each of them. So hopefully it's another sweep. Yeah, I hope so. Another team that got a sweep this week, although it was only two games and both were played in one day. Games is still probably not the right word, but tennis. Tennis played Grambling this week in a 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. match thing and won the first one five to nothing and the second one four to nothing. But sadly, right before we recorded this, they faced off against nationally ranked Charlotte and lost zero to four to end their season and the the regular season and, and the winning streak that had been going since March 4th. Oh, man. The conference tournament is up next. They'll face off against FAU first on Friday. Uh, I don't have that bracket up in front of me, but I'm hoping for a rematch against Charlotte and hopefully we're able to win the whole thing. Yeah. So we are we are automatically through to the quarterfinals where we'll play FAU. We would not play Charlotte until the championship uh, game, which so Friday we'll play FAU. If we win that, we'll play the one of FIU, UTSA, or UAB in the semifinals. And then if we advance there, um, 
that would the semifinals would be on Saturday, and then Sunday the twenty third at ten a.m. would be the championship match. So we'll try to you know tweet along as yeah. And and Evan, not to make your weekend schedule any more complicated, but if you <laughs> want to add on to the three tech baseball games, three Rangers games, this tournament's in Denton. Oh wow! Just head up there Sunday before the tech baseball game and go watch the tennis championship. Where we'll hopefully. I'm just going to call the shot now. We'll beat Charlotte. If we make the championship game, I might I might try to go. So we're the four seed, by the way. Not four long. FIU is the one seed. Charlotte is the two. Rice is the three. Uh, it's funny. I don't remember really playing any of these teams. <laughs> Did we? No. We played UAB in Birmingham, beat them four to two. I don't see UTEP, we beat four nothing. And that's all the conference games we played. What a strange setup this is. Why do why do we not play conference? How do they determine who's what seed? We played two matches against. Well, it's three, but yeah. I do not understand how tennis works. And I'm becoming, it's like one of those magic eye puzzles that becomes more confusing the longer you look at it, which I guess is the opposite of how magic puzzles work. But That is correct. Regardless, that's if, what's happening here. If we make the championship game on Sunday, I'll go. 10 okay. I'll get my ass up on Sunday to drive to Denton at 10 in the morning. Well, I'm committing now on air and then I'll I'll report back and tell you if I've learned anything about how tennis works. <laughs> it's a very easy game. <laughs> Just sitting in the crowd yelling what's happening the entire time. Someone please help me. <laughs> OK, yeah, well, let's head to this week's tweet of the week. Yeah. All right. For this week's tweet of the week, we need some background information. Braden Bristow, whose name I still struggle with. I keep on wanting to say Bistro. Not what it is. Braden Bristow made his MLB debut for the Tampa Bay Rays this past week. A pretty important one, too. The Rays had were one game short of tying the longest winning streak to start a season in the MLB history. So he comes in in the seventh inning, ends up throwing three hitless innings, gets four strikeouts, and doesn't allow more than one walk in that game, completes a three-inning save for his MLB debut, yeah. impressive the tweet of the week this week goes to a, a tweet that basically calls that out it's at OptiStats. i've never heard of them before but i mean baseball stats you gotta love them the tweet is just saying pitchers to throw three or more hitless innings with four or more strikeouts and no more than one walk at the mlb debut in the last 25 years there's two guys on this list Braden bristow and max scherzer when he was playing on the diamondbacks back in april of 2008 Scherzer now a World Series champion and one of the highest paid pitchers in baseball with the Mets. Uh, yeah, that's a good short list to be on. Yeah. Uh, interesting. When Bristow was at Tech, he uh, he appeared in 51 games, had an ERA of 4.97. He played uh, for Tech between 2014 and 2016. He allowed uh, 154 hits, walked 83, but struck out 115. Um, he also had five at bats in his senior year. Uh, with one hit. So that's okay. interesting. Yeah. Two RBIs too. I don't know what circumstance that was in, but um, yeah, pretty, pretty nice there. He also pitched in that Starkville regional looks like. Yeah. He started the game uh, against Mississippi yeah. state and what would turn out to be the four, nothing loss. Didn't have the greatest of days, but hey, you're in the MLB now, and Zach Houston, whoever you are, Mississippi State starter, I don't think you are. Well, let's not let's not badmouth Mr. Houston. He didn't do anything here, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really cool to see. He's worked his way up, right? He's been in the minors since 2016, and you know that's 
that's a lot of work, man. He's probably like 28, 29 years old. So, you know, congrats to him for finally getting up to the big show um, and really showing out when he when he did. And also, I have to retract what I said about Mr. Houston. Uh, he was born in the Dell, so can't oh. can't bow, bad Where mouth. High school, though. It's not what you're thinking. It's Poplarville High School. Poplarville. Okay, well, I have no beef with Poplarville, so all right. <laughs> man, I moved to the middle of nowhere in Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can go and get this month's shirt of the month for a discounted price. The current April shirt of the month is a baseball-themed one. Train ain't stopping. It's a comfort color shirt, nice and comfortable. You should get it now, both a red and a blue one available. Also, the sticker is available in the shop, and we have a new hat in Mm. the shop as well. So, you know, just get all three of them and get like four or five more things, and then you don't have to worry about buying anything ever again. gtpdd.dog slash shop uh, you don't have to worry about buying anything ever again yes the rest uh, of your life the gtpdd shop guarantee <laughs> <laughs> you won't need to buy anything else i look again. forward to this defamation it's not defamation i guess what yeah false i look forward to the lawsuit either way they can't come they can't at me bro they die from starvation because they haven't bought food yeah i'll wait them out that's their own problem yeah <laughs> hey the royals lost hey to the rangers go rangers and now we've gone from until next time die i'm nathan i'm evan i'm matt and go tech please don't die that worked right it's not that it was wrong i just don't think it's that funny either so i don't know I think there were better ways to be funny about founding father and father of uh, the constitution. Yeah, exactly. And of Wisconsin. Or he was also, also what? Uh, he, <laughs> he, he was also the shortest president in history thus far. Wait, even shorter than Van Buren? Five foot four, James Madison. How tall is, has Van Buren? I thought people called him little Van. Oh, Van Buren was five foot six. Yeah. James Madison was the shortest president ever. Van Buren was a bitch. Van bitchin. He spoke Dutch before he spoke English, so fuck that guy. Yeah. I love his music though. What excuse me? What is what is that that joke? Van, There's Van Buren hot for the panic of eighteen thirty seven. It's so it's so fucking esoteric that nobody would laugh at it. <laughs> It's like Evan got it, but even still. Yeah. I still am not sure that there was a joke told. So yeah. <laughs> the panic of eighteen thirty seven, bro. Panic of eighteen thirty seven would be a pretty good uh, band name. But was it at a disco? That's the only thing I care exactly. about. Panic yeah, at the disco of eighteen thirty seven. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm naming my band Panic of eighteen thirty seven. I call dibs.